Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Getting you started off this weekend a little early with our preview of the wide receiver and cornerback rooms. We're not far off from being done with our preview podcast series uh, as fall camp does begin for the Mustangs August 2nd. They report on August the 1st. Get going with that first practice on August 2nd. So we've got the wide receiver and corner up today, and then we wrap things up with the offensive line and safety group next week. And then it's all fall camp. So we'll be wrapped up on the uh, preview side of things to get you guys caught up. So check out the other podcasts uh, earlier in the feed from uh, previewing those positions if you haven't already. But let's lead off with a position group that I'm really excited about. I think it's a great group overall uh, that SMU has assembled. And that's the wide receiver group. You could talk about the corner group and what they've done. But I think in terms of star power, you've got to start with wide receiver. You've got Jordan Curley. You've got Jake Bailey, who I think are the two guys that are going to stand out the most just from a um, star perspective, uh, just right off the jump. Uh, look, we saw it in the spring game, Jordan Curley getting open deep on this flea flicker the first play of the game. And I think he's going to have the type of season that puts him in the conversation to be a drafted wide receiver in the NFL. He's added 10 to 15 pounds over the course of this offseason as well, which is important. Uh, he's had a full offseason. I saw him at the um, the summer workouts, the final summer workout on um, Wednesday morning, and he was in there long before the rest of the team, getting some some extra stretching and loosening up, things like that. He's really taken a pro mindset to this year. And I think for somebody who last year had a had a good season when available, now he's looking to kick that door down and go from SMU's second leading receiver last year with 37 receptions for 588 yards and six touchdowns to being that bona fide 1,000-yard receiver. Um, he averaged 15.9 yards per catch. For reference, Rasheed Rice averaged 14.1. Dylan Goffney was uh, tops on the team uh, with 20.5 yards per catch. So Jordan Curley, second on the, uh, third on the team behind Dylan Goffney and Jake Bailey. Uh, who went for 17.1 yards per catch. Jake Bailey, of course, got hurt. Only receptions for 205 yards, including that incredible game against TCU um, where he caught uh, his only touchdown of the year. And I, I think for Jake Bailey, obviously he comes back this year. He's got another year left if he wants it. But I feel like this is his year that he can come in and really be a dynamic slot option for SMU when it's all said and done. I just think he's got that game-breaking ability similar to Jordan Curley in terms of top-end speed. And that's what SMU really missed overall last year because they didn't have the guys healthy enough to put all that together the entire year. Or in a case like Amuchi Dixon um, or Roger Daniels, we saw guys kind of come along as the season uh, went through it. So now you've got Jordan Curley, you've got Jake Bailey, and if they stay healthy, those are two really quality wide receivers to lead things off with if you're SMU. But then the question becomes, and we've talked about it before, what happens at that other wide receiver position, um, assuming they go you know, three wide receivers, one tight end, likely RJ, RJ Maryland, and then a running back? That is going to be an interesting dynamic because 
SMU has brought in a guy like Jordan Hudson, a former five-star prospect, Keyshawn Smith, a, a guy at Miami where they loved his explosiveness. They just wanted to see him more consistent. They also brought in Romello Brinson as well. And they bring in two freshman wide receivers. If Randy Reese isn't in fact is in fact going to gray shirt, we'll see if he does. But if that's the case, you have a lot of changes, but you have options without a doubt at that outside receiver position. And I go back and forth every day uh, on it if I'm thinking about it. Because you go out there and you watch summer workouts, you saw the guys get after it. And I, and I feel like watching some of them move around. I think the thing that jumps out to me right away is just how different Jordan Hudson is. I mean, he is somebody that, and I don't think you see him in the clips if you're watching on YouTube, but I was watching a little bit of some, some of his workout with um, Margin Hooks, the, the um, trainer here locally, and he just has a different gear. And I also saw some of him at the final summer workout, of course, but he just has that different gear to him. And he's added some nice size this off season. Now that he's been at SMU and, I mean, Sean Griswold really sang the praises for him when talking about uh, just how big of a freak he is athletically, but also just how much he loves the game of football. And so I think when you look at what Jordan Hudson could do if he does get that starting nod, that's kind of scary. That's one of those things to watch where you could shake up your entire receiving room because of his either ability to you know, step up and and make plays when called upon. Or if you can't do that, then you've got to rely on those veterans a little bit more. But the logical thing would be Jordan Hudson to maybe come on and play play a good bit of snaps, but learn from behind Jordan Curley and get that kind of feel for SMU's offense, uh, watch him a little bit more. But there's no doubt in my mind he's talented enough to make an impact. I mean, he played all those games for TCU last year. He was a backup, don't get me wrong, but he was – productive uh, as a backup that's a big thing that that kind of stands out to me watching him so um you know it didn't work out in, at TCU but now he's at SMU and able to get that fresh start and I think it's going to benefit him in a big way but somebody like Moochie Dixon who came on strong last year had a good spring continue to work hard this offseason those are guys that are going to have something to say about it as well as Keyshawn Smith and I was talking with one of the guys at AAC Media Day, and I asked them, you know, who were some of the guys that really caught your eye? I think it was Elijah Chapman who said, you know, Keyshawn Smith, like people, people are sleeping on him a little bit. And I thought that stood out because he did not necessarily take that position by the horns and just say, this is my, this is my spot. I'm going to be opposite Jordan Curley. He, he didn't do that in the spring. He was inconsistent. He didn't make enough plays. And look, you're adjusting to a new scenery, new school, new coaches. You're reuniting, but you're still kind of coming back into a different situation and trying to figure out how to do everything that they want in this culture at SMU, which probably a little different than it was at Miami because, look, Rhett Lashley wasn't the head coach there. He didn't run the culture. Now he's setting the culture. He's got the offense. He's got the offensive playbook. He knows what he wants for the most part out of that group. But you've got to sit there and say, okay, your pro if you're processing too much, how do you figure it out where it slows down for you and you can start making plays again? That's where Keyshawn Smith needs to take that next step in fall camp. And it's one of the big storylines I'm watching overall is how Keyshawn Smith looks when they get into fall camp. And the same goes from Romello Brinson. And he's one of those players that 
there's no one else like him on the roster. You know, he's got that height. He's got that length. Um, he kind of looks like a basketball player. He looks like he should be playing a little bit of maybe shooting guard or wing for a, for a basketball program. And he's got this kind of skinny legs. But what he can do is elevate and make insane catches. Um, and we saw that plenty of times um, when it comes to uh, what he can bring to the table uh, for SMU in spring ball. We saw it a lot in, spurt, in spurts. Now he's going to have to figure out how to put it all together. And if he can do that, then you could get him some red zone time. You can trust him a little bit more. And that's something that would really help SMU overall at the wide receiver position. And I think Teddy Knox, I thought he looked completely different. You see Moochie Dixon there showing his ability to make a play in the spring game. But Teddy Knox, I feel like, had an awesome summer workout program. And I didn't get too much time around him, but I felt like he had added some weight and he was really engaged and enthusiastic about working hard. He was competitive in the practices. And if you're getting a guy like Teddy Knox and no offense to Teddy, cause I love Teddy. I've known him a long time all the way back when he was at Southern lab in Baton Rouge, but he went through the spring and was, and you know, was suspended and, and missed some time and, and, you know, eventually kind of got back, but, He's, he's not had a perfect run here at SMU, but if he can buy in as you see him make a reception and, and get a, a good game there in the spring game on the YouTube channel, if you get Teddy Knox to maybe turn the corner a little bit, that'd be huge just from the depth standpoint at the slot position because I, I think that's probably where he's going to play. Could play a little bit outside if he wanted to, but probably play slot. Then you get into, all right, now you have this group where you could redshirt all of your freshman receivers, if they don't play special teams, you can redshirt Jamari and Carroll. We know the raw talent he has. A redshirt would not be a bad thing. It would be great to see him emerge like Rasheed Rice did as a, as a freshman. But Rasheed also emerged because there wasn't as much depth out there where SMU could even throw him out there and, or, and, and keep his redshirt. You know, only play him four games or something like that. Now, SMU has built this depth you look at this receiver room you've got one two three four five uh one two three four five six seven wide receivers that you probably feel really good about and oh by the way the guy that i think could very well and this is the crazy thing about the slot position whenever you ask about jake bailey and we know what jake did against tcu and i know how close he is with preston stone and that dynamic that they have. But Jake Bailey and Roger Daniels are locked in a real battle for that starting slot position. It is not a layup by any means for those guys to be, um, you know, for either one to, to, to start. It's a battle. And I think Roger Daniels is going to give him everything he can handle. He's a gadget and they can move him all over the field. So you have three guys in Teddy Knox, Roger Daniels, and Jake Bailey that can all do different things. Now, I think Jake Bailey and Roger Daniels are the clear front runners for that slot position job. But oh, by the way, we talked about Jamari and Carroll. If Randy Reese is still recovering from his injury in gray shirts, we'll see if that happens. Um, or if he's in, we haven't seen the roster yet. But Jackson Lavender in the slot. And he had a really good spring. If you were out there watching him, he caught just about everything. He looked really comfortable in that route tree. Um, he was a guy that was so far ahead of you know where most freshmen are 
because he had been out testing me so many times. He'd been around the program for so long now. He just stepped right in and was ready to go. You know, he was he was trained right. He was crisp on his routes and he caught everything. So Jackson Lavender, I think him and Jamari and Carroll are really going to be nice pieces for the future of this receiver room. Um, and if that's the case, great, awesome. They don't have to play right away. If they can help on special teams, that would be awesome for SMU. So the wide receiver group, I think overall you're looking at Jordan Curley, Jake Bailey probably starting. And it's a true toss-up for that for that other starting outside wide receiver position. You have so many options. How do you get the best guys on the field? And I think SMU wants to be able to rotate a little bit more. And if that's the case, and we see that happen, then great. That's huge. That's going to be something to really watch um, is maybe a little bit more rotation this year for SMU at the wide receiver position. So I think it's, I think there's a, one of the bold predictions I think I made earlier this summer is I think SMU has a chance to have 2000 yard receivers. I think Jordan Curley and Jake Bailey have a chance to be thousand yard receivers for SMU. Maybe it's somebody else that ends up being the second. I think Jordan Curley and Jake Bailey have the best shot to do it. Um, and that would be the first time since I want to say Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn did it um, back in the Chad Morris days. So um, that would be a nice surprise for SMU. But they have a lot of mouths to feed. They're going to rotate. Maybe that cuts into that a little bit. Either way, lots of talent in that wide receiver room for Rob Likens. He's got to keep those guys happy. That's one of the biggest things he's got to do. Um, but it's always a good problem to have in that case. So, guys, before we go any further, I do want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs because Bird Dogs has stepped up uh, their their game a little bit. Because guess what? You guys have sold them out of this handy-dandy Yeti tumbler. Sold them out. So Bird Dogs said, you know, we're going to keep the reward going for them. Birddogs.com slash pony or use promo code pony at checkout, and they will add a brand new hat into your cart for you. So right there on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm about to put it up real quick. You can get your Bird Dogs hat included with any purchase from birddogs.com. Go to birddogs.com slash pony for that deal. But let me tell you guys, I did just get my fresh order in uh, just this week and kind of perfect timing, right? In a sense, because it's hot, the sun's beating down. What's the easiest way to make sure I don't get burned? Pants. But it's hard to do for me. I'm a sweater. Everybody who's met me knows that. I talk about it all the time. But these joggers are so light and really breathe well. Um, you've got the cuffing at the bottom. You, they, they really stretch and, and, you know, just kind of just feel, it's almost like wearing pajamas, but they breathe really well. They've got the tie here. Again, the zipper pocket for me, I can put my keys, stuff I don't need to get to right away while I'm out at games, but I just got the joggers. They're awesome. I love these. I, I tried them on earlier uh, this week and pretty much wore them the rest of the day. So you got to love them. They have that same uh, sweat wicking fabric. The joggers don't um, have the liner, or at least I didn't order them with the liner. So that's something uh, to know as well, but um, they're really, really comfortable. And another thing too, I'm going to be able to show you guys the polos here pretty soon. They're sending us those as well. So I'm all aboard the Bird Dogs train at this point. Appreciate their support of the On the Pony Express podcast. It's been a lot of fun 
to uh, learn more about this brand as uh, Bird Dogs is taking over uh, the comfortable shorts, uh, jogger, pant game. Um, I'm actually wearing the shorts right now as well while I'm recording this. So love the Bird Dogs. Appreciate their support. We turn to the corner room next on the On the Pony Express podcast. And Ricky Hunley, talk about great problems to have. Ricky, Ricky Hunley brought in Chris Magenson from Liberty, Charles Woods from West Virginia, both in their final years of college eligibility. And that is just such a huge deal for this corner room. You've got two guys that have played a ton of football, one that you're really familiar with because you've watched Chris Megan's uh, in college football. And on the flip side of things, you've got Charles Woods, a Dallas area uh, native who's, who's coming in and going to play out his final year of college football. Um, and um, I think with Charles Woods, he's going to be somebody that can be that true lockdown corner for SMU. Um, he was a preseason All-Big 12 selection uh, before he ended up getting hurt um, and only playing in four games in 2022 with, with uh, the Mountaineers. It sounded like it was a bad situation for him. So what did he do? He took his talent back home to Dallas where he's going to play out his final year of football, and he's expected to start. High expectations for Charles Woods. Chris Megginson, kind of the same story with his size that he's going to bring to the table out there on the island. He's just got that that, you know, older um, college frame. I mean, he's a grown man. He's been playing college football since 2019, and he's played in nearly 50 games in his college career. So he has really stepped up in a big way, um, and he's going to play out his final year of college football at SMU. And those two guys can really set the tone for the rest of this room. But you also have Jahari Rogers, who is back, did work out with the team this summer, um, after missing the spring to focus on academics, now he's back. He's another veteran corner. I saw him at the summer workout, and I felt like he had gotten a little bit bigger. So getting a little older, getting a little bit more comfortable. Remember, this is a guy that played quarterback at the high school level, had to transition to the SEC and play corner, didn't work out, transfers back to SMU. And it's been a little bit of a mix, mixed bag in a sense when he's been out there, but he's also been asked to play so many snaps over the course of his SMU career. Um, in 2022, he played in 12 games, made four starts, 25 tackles, a tackle for loss, two picks, um, and three pass breakups. Uh, he made Phil, St Phil Steele's uh, first team all AAC last preseason. So we've seen the expectations. Now he needs to take them and really take them up a notch. He was a part of that 2021 defense that had the awful secondary under Jim Levitt, uh, but he did lead the team with eight pass breakups. Then this is one of those opportunities for him to step up because you look at the younger talent that they have at the corner position. They have Jalen Davis, Robinson, Keyshawn Mills, AJ Davis, Kyron Chambers, Kavaris Hall, all guys who are going to be sophomores or younger for SMU this year. And if you don't step up, if you're Jahari Rogers and stake your claim to being maybe that first corner off the bench, one of those guys is going to take your spot. And I feel like A.J. Davis has really stepped up. He's going to have an opportunity after showing out really towards the end of last year. He got a little bit of time uh, and was really impressing in practice. Now after spring, and I, I think he was one where I thought his spring was good. I didn't think it was as good, it was as, good as it was going to be, but he now has 
an opportunity to take it up a notch in fall camp after going through the summer. And so there's competition all over the place in this corner room. And if Kyron Chambers stays at corner, that's something that we'd be watching as well. He could play safety for SMU. But Jalen Davis Robinson, Keyshawn Mills, two guys that redshirted last year, along with A.J. Davis, uh, in their in their true freshman seasons. Um, so there's your future at the corner position long term. You know, you have Alex Rogers in the class of 2024. You know what he's going to bring to the table um, and, and in terms of signing with SMU and adding depth. Uh, in the long term, and they'll probably go into the portal and find another young corner um, to kind of rebuild that depth. But there's so much competition at this position. that This is why SMU has a chance to really revamp how their secondary is viewed, because you have this cornerback room that has two new starters for sure. You have a safety group that's going to have at least one new starter. We'll see if Ahmad Moses can beat out Brian Massey. But overall, they're going to have to work together very well to take that jump up and continue to improve on where they were last year. I mean, this was one of those teams that was not good overall defensively. Um, but I think last year was at least a decent step up for SMU getting into the top 75 in passing yards allowed over the uh, course of the season. They finished uh, 75th, 234 yards per game. Now, granted, SMU did have maybe on the schedule – last year so that's always going to you know help you in the grand scheme of things but if you look at last year for SMU their first three games and their first three games of or the last three games of the season secondary allowed 158 yards through the air the big bugaboo for SMU was really the uh home slate and we know that TCU and Cincinnati came to SMU we know those were difficult games. We know the Houston game were really record-setting type performances from quarterbacks, and SMU secondary was victim to that. But it's still one of those things where the secondary was a little Jekyll and Hyde at times. You know, there were moments where they were able to really improve and show that they were getting better, but they just didn't have the overall talent, I felt like, to really be as successful as they could be or, you know, set up to be successful. And we know the issues with the safety position. That's for the next podcast. But this corner room just did not have that talent level that you needed to be um, a high level, you know, secondary. You know, Armani Johnson, he's played a lot of good football for SMU over the course of his career. And honestly, kind of surprised. But you look at adding a Charles Woods, um, you, you take out a Sam Westfall who's going to Virginia. Kudos to Sam. Going to go get a, another degree. But then you add in a Chris Meganson who's a true you know, high-level veteran coming over from Liberty's team. Those are guys that have the trust of the SMU coaching staff, and that's why I have confidence in the secondary to at least get SMU into the top 50 overall. I think it has a chance to be better. If you're looking at, hey, how do you get to an AAC championship, we've kind of penciled in that number 30, that top 30 range of, of defenses, of past defenses for the secondary and if you can couple that with being playmakers and taking the ball away, then you're really starting to cook with gas a little bit and you could be trending towards one of the better defenses in the entire country. So SMU's added plenty of pieces at the corner room. I think Kyron Chambers, his usage is going to be one of the most interesting things of all camp. Is he corner? Is he safety? 
How does Jalen Davis Robinson look? How does Keyshawn Mills look, who's the new Colorado transfer that SMU brought in? Those are all important questions. Um, and Kavars Hall, you know, he had some moments in the spring where he was a little bit of a, uh, a productive, good corner. And we know the size that Kavars Hall brings. He's got that. He's got to play more consistently to break back into that rotation a little bit this year. So SMU's corner room, it is a group that has numerous new names. I'm excited to see them all in action. We'll see really, I mean, one, two um, new newcomers hit the field for SMU at the corner room. We'll also see Jahari Rogers for the first time since the 2022 season. Lots of storylines in that group. So, Look, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Again, go to biggameusa.com, promo code BEON3. I was talking about them, but you guys have been buying these up. There's been quite a few that flew off the shelves last week in time for football season. 10% off your order, plus free shipping, promo code BEON3. Go to biggameusa.com for the official game ball of SMU football. That'll do it for this edition of the podcast. We've got offensive line and safeties to preview, and then we're all set for fall camp. So I can't wait. August 2nd, first practice for the Mustangs. We'll be out there as long as there's media availability. So we hope you guys enjoyed this preview edition of the podcast. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast.